Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 63 of the Building Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Theo Lim. It's currently Saturday night, 9.15pm, July 13th. On today's episode, I'm going to deep dive into some more nutrition talk. I'm going to share some lessons I've learned over the last couple weeks, especially the last two to three weeks. I've learned a lot and I want to share those insights with you guys. I want to share my experiences with you guys. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this. So it's been a little bit since I've uploaded a podcast. Um, I've been wanting to, I just, just haven't scheduled it in. As you guys know, I'm a big schedule guy. So anyway, let me fill you guys in. I've got a bunch of exciting things going on. So in terms of nutrition, this is week, the end of week six. Tomorrow will be the start of week seven. In terms of cutting, in terms of counting macros. Overall, it's gone pretty well. I have had a bunch of hiccups, which I'll talk about more. Um, I've had a bunch of hiccups. I really haven't done as well as I could have, but there still has been progress, which is nice to see. So a quick update. It was my birthday last week, July 7. Um, I had a good time, super low key. I chilled out with my family, had lunch with my parents and my sister, chilled with my girlfriend, and then I chilled with my some of my close friends as well. So super awesome weekend. Uh, We got super belligerent just with my friends, not with my family or my girl, but super belligerent with some of my close friends, which is actually, before I dive deep into the nutrition, something I want to ask you guys about. I'm just going to go for it because I've kind of contemplated it. I wasn't sure whether I should mention this or not. But I want to hear from you guys. I need your help. I want to know if you're interested in hearing about these things. So as you guys know, I'm, I'm a semi, no, that's a lie. I, until a couple weeks ago, I, uh, I was a regular weed user, right? I've been like that for maybe close to 10 years now. Um, Until four to five weeks ago, this is something kind of new for me where I haven't really been using it daily. And in terms of smoking weed or using a vaporizer, I usually vape. It's usually at night just to help me decompress a little, help me chill out, maybe uh, play some video games or watch a cool uh, TV show or movie. Just I found that that's a nice way for me to chill out. And again, just in the last month or so, I've really reduced that Um, and not really sure why, but no particular reasons, but I just felt that it was time to reduce it a little. But anyway, so when I say get belligerent with my friends, I feel like usually people mean alcohol. Um, I personally, I like alcohol, but it's not something I'll go out of my way to purchase and consume. And this is coming from someone who's worked who worked at the LCBO, the liquor store in Ontario, for about seven years. Um, 
maybe that's part of it. But anyway, I do enjoy alcohol. It's just not something that I go out of my way to purchase and consume. And most of my close friends are the same way. Again, most of us just like stick to marijuana. And then, so when I say get belligerent, this is what I really want to get to. And again, I'm kind of skirting around it because I'm not really sure, but I'm fucking going for it right now. Are you guys interested in hearing about psychedelics? Like magic mushrooms, LSD, that kind of stuff. Because I'm personally into that stuff. Not on like a super regular basis, like definitely not on a weekly or a monthly basis, but it's definitely something I partake in maybe anywhere from once to four times a year. Um, It's actually been a super large part of my personal development, my personal growth, um, just my perspective in general. And anyway, that's kind of why I mentioned it because I do enjoy that. I've never really had, I've never really had a bad experience doing anything like that. Like, um, my close group of friends and myself, we do our research. We're always in our safe and comfortable environment with people we love, and we've always had great experiences. So this is why I kind of want to share that with you guys, because I personally have gotten a lot out of those experiences and I feel like there's not a lot of information out there and maybe you're interested, maybe you're not. So please, if you're interested, if you see me in person, let me know. Just, uh, I'm super open about it. No need to be weird about it. Uh, If you don't see me in person, shoot me a message uh, over Instagram at theodore.lim just let me know that you want to hear about it because i could probably do a pretty good episode on it like at this point in time i feel like i'm pretty experienced in that realm and i do plan to gather more experience as i grow older as well but anyway enough of that just wanted to get that out there really on my end super like unsure of whether This is something I should talk about. This is something you guys would be interested in. So I'm kind of bringing that to you guys. Let me know, please. So with that being said, let's jump into the topic of nutrition. So as I said earlier, it's been about six weeks since I've counted macro, since I've been counting macros strictly. And when I say strictly, I've really only had one perfect week out of the last six weeks, which is super funny to me. Because I've seen some good, a good amount of progress, but when I look at the past six weeks, um, my coach, Coach D at Power Physique, make sure you hit him with a follow. He's awesome. Um, my coach has a Google as a spreadsheet basically, where although I'm using My Fitness Pal to track my macros, I export all of that data onto a spreadsheet. And this has actually been super helpful because the spreadsheet is broken down weekly. So it shows you the weekly average, which is actually like a huge thing. That's probably the biggest thing. So I weigh myself in the morning as well. I input that data. And again, it shows me a weekly average of my body weight. And, you know, as you guys know, weight fluctuates. Some mornings I woke up at 174. Other mornings I'd wake up at 172 and it would just fluctuate, right? 
get into the decimal points as well. And it was really cool. It's been really cool to see how the weekly average is what really matters. So it just goes to show you that like one really good day or one really bad day or even a couple of good days or a couple of bad days is not going to make or break you. It really comes down to that long-term consistency, right? So that's been super cool to see. Again, as I said, I've had one perfect week out of the last six weeks. I'm still learning. I'm learning a lot about my behaviors, my tendencies, and like why I get off track sometimes and why I stay on track at other times. So as I always say, kind of like a training program, pick something that is interesting to you or that you feel like you're gravitating towards. Stick with it for six to 12 weeks at a minimum and track everything, track some uh, key indicators, some key data points and learn from that experience. And that's really like one of the best ways to learn, right? Whether it's figuring out what kind of training program works well for you, what kind of nutrition plan works for you, what kind of action plan for your business or your school works for you. Like it's all about taking action, getting the experience, learning from that experience and getting better as we go, which is what I really want to talk about today because I've learned a lot and it's only been a couple weeks. So I've learned a lot about myself, my tendencies, and I, let me let me jump into that. So one thing I noticed is that I'm really good at being strict with my diet. Like I'm really good at it. I could do it for maybe three to four days, max. <laughs> and when I say really good with my diet, I mean like, um, you know, vegetables, clean carbohydrates and, and, and protein and just hitting my macros perfectly. No, like no treats, no, uh, no Kit Kat, no ice cream, none of that. And I can do that for like four days really well. And I'll feel really good about it. But over the last six weeks, this is what I've noticed. This is what my spreadsheet is telling me. I'll do really well those four days. And then on that fifth day, I completely like, I just like a flip switches. Is that the term? I don't even know if that's the term flip switches I think so anyway like I just go off like it's because I feel maybe I've restricted myself for that amount of time and it's like okay I need some kind of sweet or I need some kind of like you know sweet basically you guys know I was gonna say some kind of salty food but I'm a sweet tooth kind of guy so for me it's like that sweet tooth just kicks in so what I realized is that Okay, although I'm really good at doing the whole, the very strict dieting, I, I'm not that good at it for a long time. And I feel like I don't need to be that good at it for a long time at this point in time. So this is where the flexible dieting comes in, which is what my coach does. He sets macros, but no, really there are no foods that are completely off limits. It's always going to come down to how much of a certain food you're having, right? Like, are you having one ice cream cone or are you having six ice cream cones? I'll tell you right now, the day after my birthday, I think I had three ice cream cones from McDonald's. Like it was, it was that kind of day. It was a, some shameful, 
shit. I think I went to, through the McDonald's drive through like four times that day. You heard it here four times. <laughs> so anyway, so that's one, one big thing I've learned about myself is that although I can be really good at being strict, I'm going to work on including some kind of treat every day, whether that's like a small Kit Kat bar, 240 calories kind of thing. The ice cream cone from McDonald's, which is a dollar right now, is also um, 240 calories. And you know what? I was looking at the ice creams in the grocery store today. And this is something I've talked about before. Although economically, it might be better for me to buy ice cream from the grocery store. And you guys know I'm all about economics. I'm all about the grocery store. I'm all about efficiency. But this is something else I've learned about myself. If I bring a six pack of ice cream bars home, I just don't have the control. I, I, I live on my own. I feel like there's no one to judge me. I just fucking go for it. So I don't do that. Like it's been a very long time since I've bought some kind of treat, some kind of sweet food home. Like I will, I'm willing to pay the premium because it's usually more expensive to buy like some cookies outside versus a whole pack of cookies from the grocery store, right? But I'm willing to pay that premium because I know that I'm not, I don't have that self-control. And maybe, maybe when I eventually live with my girlfriend, maybe having someone else there will help me. Maybe not. I don't know, but we'll get there when we get there right? So that's one of the main things I've learned about myself is my ability to be strict, but my inability to do it for a long period of time, which is why something like flexible dieting is so helpful for me. Another big thing I've learned is about food volume. And again, I've never really been in a deficit, like a proper, I've never cut in my life. I've never been in a proper deficit in my life. So week one and week two were pretty good. And then week three, week four, week five, I started to feel that hunger. That is natural if you're in a caloric deficit, right? And what I was eating three weeks ago, even two weeks ago, was still a lot of white rice, my regular vegetables, the baby carrots and the spinach, which is great, but they do have their downsides. So I was still eating a lot of rice. I was eating those baby carrots, the spinach, and I was eating the same protein sources I'm eating now. That hasn't changed. Ground beef, steak, rainbow trout, chicken breasts. Those are my main protein sources. So one thing I've realized is that white rice is not worth it at all, especially if you're not eating a whole lot of it. So white rice is like, it's super voluminous as in it contains a lot of calories. It t contains a lot of carbohydrates. And to be honest, like 200 grams of white rice is not a lot for me. I was eating maybe 300 to 450 grams of white rice per meal before I started this cut. So like 200 grams was super unsatisfying. Just It was just not doing it for me. So now my strategy, I started, I think, this week, maybe last week I started. So I'm loaded up on coleslaw. I've loaded up on romaine lettuce or any kind of lettuce. I've loaded up on cherry tomatoes and zucchinis. 
So I'm still eating the baby carrots and the spinach because those are super high quality vegetables, but those are kind of mushy, right? Especially I was cooking the spinach, so it was just mush. So I, I would sometimes eat the meal, like the rice, the carrots, the spinach, and the meat. And because it went down so fast, I didn't even feel like I ate a lot. And so that's where the hunger started coming in. And that's when I would kind of go off and eat and have a craving to eat more shit. So now, now I've beefed up my meals immensely with the coleslaw, romaine lettuce, cherry tomatoes, and zucchinis. And those things, like, you can eat a lot of that stuff and it doesn't contain a lot of calories. So that's what I mean when I say food volume. When you're in a caloric deficit, you want to strategize so that you're eating more in terms of volume, but it's not it's definitely not more in terms of calories. So that's a big thing I've recently implemented and it's helped me a ton because today I ate I ate 3 meals all three meals had some kind of animal protein in there and all three meals were salads like exactly those four vegetables that I just spoke about and in terms of spicing it up a little I put a little seasoning I put some apple cider vinegar and then the the protein source that's usually in there is usually heavily seasoned anyways so it all tastes pretty good and because it's so chewy it's so crunchy takes me a while to eat feels like I'm eating a lot and I'm surprisingly like full and very satisfied from eating that stuff so this is something completely new to me I've never really eaten a ton of salads like over the last five to eight years not a lot of salads in my life a lot of vegetables but not like salads like that so that's something big that I've learned recently it's crazy it's crazy So that's what I mean, always learning. And I wouldn't, I knew about like food volume. I've heard of this before. I've read about it. I've listened to people talk about it, but I have never been in this situation myself until now. And now I can kind of apply that knowledge. And now I understand why that works so well. So again, always back to what I said earlier the best way to learn of course you should go out and do your research uh, ask the right questions find the people with the right information but unless you do it yourself unless you put yourself in that situation and you take action the book knowledge will simply be that it won't ever like come to fruition in real life right so another thing I've kind of had to ditch was is Greek yogurt again in the weeks one to three I was consuming a lot of Greek yogurt but I noticed it was I think it was contributing to some inflammation like on my skin I was getting some um, some acne and I'm not completely sure if it was the product It was just like the Greek yogurt itself. But in the last two weeks, I've cut that out and it's, I've seen the difference. So I'm going to stay away from the Greek yogurt for now, although it is an excellent protein source. um, I don't think it's the right thing for me right now. 
because I was getting kind of fucked up from the Greek yogurt. So those are the main lessons I've learned. Like, again, just about my tendencies, my behaviors, about strict, very strict dieting versus flexible dieting, uh, food volume. That's just another big one. And now I feel like with this newfound knowledge, with this newfound discovery, I feel good. And the one last thing about the perfect weeks, like, I guess the weight weight fluctuation has been a big thing. I started this cut at 178 pounds. That was day week one, day one. This morning I weighed in at 169.6. Right, so about 10 pounds so far. Again, it sounds like a lot, but I pretty much lost that 10 pounds in like the first two weeks already. So I've kind of been spinning wheels for the last four weeks, which is slightly unfortunate, but it is what it is, right? Uh, my weight has definitely fluctuated. Like going into last weekend, going into my birthday weekend, I weighed in at 170. Coming out of the birthday weekend, I came out at 178. I had a McGriddle in there. I had, I just had a bunch of food in there that was more than I should have had. But here we are. And again, this is something I've been talking about a lot is like, you never really lose until you completely give up, right? So unless you completely give up on like training or nutrition, or just like, unless you completely stop trying, you're never really out of the game, right? So Whatever it is you're struggling with, whether it's getting to the gym, whether it's getting your nutrition, whether it's like your schoolwork or building your business or just building yourself up as an individual, it's like you only lose if you completely give up. So just keep on going. It's a really long game, right? So I've got some questions. Guys, I always appreciate the questions. It really helps me. It gives me some direction on where to take the podcast, what you guys want to listen to, what you guys want me to talk about. Uh, First question got from some members at Mayo today. What does your diet look like? My diet, I think I've kind of given you a solid rundown so far. Protein sources, um, ground beef, steak, chicken, occasionally rainbow trout i have been using more protein powder and eggs if you can count that as a protein source i do like my eggs in terms of carbohydrates it used to be just straight white rice and fruits frozen fruits i really like so now i'm still going to include white rice it doesn't right that was something else just because i'm saying i'm gonna eat more vegetables doesn't mean I'm going to completely stop eating white rice. It's all about context, right? You can't, which is why it's always so hard when I talk about these things, because what's working for me right now is not necessarily going to work for me in six months. So you have to always, that's why it's so hard to like be black and white and say like, this is bad. This is good. This is how you should do it. You shouldn't eat carbs. You should never eat carbs. You should eat a high fat diet, like you should never eat sugar. 
all those absolutes, it's really hard to, it's really hard to, uh, support that because it's always going to come down to context. So right now I'm in a caloric deficit. I need to get more food volume without getting more calories. So I'm going to eat more vegetables instead of white rice. But when I get to the level of leanness that I want and I start to build again on, like I start to eat more calories because I want to build, um, build more muscle, build more strength, build more size. White rice is going to be my best friend in that case because now it's like, okay, now you need to eat more food. So what's an easy way to get food in? Oh, white rice. It's super voluminous, like super, a lot of calories and it's, you're not eating a ton of it, right? So quick, uh, quick sidetrack there. I think that's super important. Context is always very important. You can't take things. It's really hard to like talk in absolutes. Like you, deadlifts are bad for you. Barbell squats are bad for your knees. Um, sugar is bad for you. Salt is bad for you. Black coffee is bad for you. Uh, weed is bad for you. Alcohol is bad for you. LSD is bad for you, right? You can't, had to sneak that one in. You, you can't, it's hard. It's really hard. If, if you find anyone talking absolutes and they're talking to you about something, you gotta take it with a grain of salt, right? It's always gonna come down to context. It's like, okay, are barbell deadlifts inherently bad for you? Or is it bad for you because you suck at deadlifting? Or are they bad for you? Or is it because you don't warm up ever? So that's why you hurt your back, right? So it's always gonna come down to the context. Back to the main question, what does my diet look like? carbohydrates. I'm still going to consume white rice. It's going to be great for recovery. It's going to be great for performance. As you guys may know, carbohydrates are like, it's awesome for, for, for performance, right? You want to keep those glycogen stores topped up so you can lift, so you can keep your endurance, so you can perform well. And performing well is very important. So white rice, I'm going to do definitely more sweet potatoes, again, more volume versus white rice, uh, frozen fruits. I love frozen fruits. Yeah. I'd say those are my main carb sources. Uh, I re I just bought some rice cakes, so I've been enjoying some rice cakes, the caramel one. You guys know, if you know about those caramel rice cakes, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, fat sources. I don't really have any dedicated fat sources like eggs, get a lot of fat from eggs if I eat them. Uh, most of my animal protein sources have a high fat content. I don't really like to eat too much chicken breast. It is necessary to eat some chicken breast, but I don't want to eat like three meals of chicken breast a day. I do enjoy the ground beef. I do enjoy the steak. I do enjoy the fish as well. So super simple. Um, those are my clean foods, I guess. In terms of the treats right now, I'm really enjoying the McDonald's vanilla ice cream cone. I'm enjoying, what else am I enjoying? Um, I'm going to try to incorporate some more chocolate. I think like Kit Kat, I really like coffee crisp. I really like, so I'm going to see if I can squeeze those in because I don't want to just crush vanilla ice cream all the time. I feel like I might get bored of that and I don't want to get bored of that. 
Okay, next question. How to set macros for your diet? So setting macros, I think the easiest way is to, let's talk protein intake and total calories. Those are the more most important things. So protein intake, super simple. Let's go one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, again, context, if you're holding a lot of body fat, maybe that's not realistic for you. Say you're 250 pounds, you're 300 pounds, that's a lot of protein to eat. So if, you've, if you're holding a lot of body fat, one gram of protein per pound of lean body weight is a great place to start. So set up your protein number. In terms of calories, I found that anywhere from multiplying your body weight, anywhere from 10 to 16, depending on your goals. 10 being on the very low end, 16 being on the very high end. So it's definitely not recommended to jump to those extreme ends of that range. I would go maybe times 11 or 12 if you're going, if you're trying to lose a bit of body fat. Uh, maybe you're happy with how lean you are. Maybe you want to put on a bit of muscle size. I'd go maybe times, times 12, 13, 14 kind of thing. And always work your way up or down. So that's why I said, like, don't start at times 10 year, times 10 of your body weight. So I started at 180 pounds. If I had gone to 10 times my body weight, that's 1800 calories. That's pretty low for me. It would work, no doubt it would work, but is it sustainable? I don't know, it might be too fat, too much too soon. And then another thing you have to consider is that if you start really low or if you start really high, where are you gonna go when your progress stalls? Because it, your progress will stall, right? So that's one big thing about setting your total calories. You don't want to go too hard into it too fast. So I was 180 pounds. My coach started me at about 23, 2400 calories. And then I, you see progress for the first week, two weeks, three weeks, depending on where you are, depending on how strict you are as well. Um, so you do, you see the progress and again, I stalled at a certain point and again, on my end, I wasn't completely 100% on it, but around week four, my coach dropped my calories down, mainly taking it away from the carbohydrates. So again, that's what I mean about you want to milk it. Like if you, I always, I've said this in many podcasts before, if you can lose fat at 2,400 calories why would you lose fat at 2100 calories because you want to milk the 2400 calories again you're going to be able to eat more you're going to enjoy life a little more and again it's all about long-term consistency how how well can you adhere to the plan and for how long so if eating more helps you do that then that's great so Say you stall at a certain point, you're no longer losing body fat, you're no longer seeing the progress on the scale or in the mirror or in your measurements, whatever. Again, you do have to track some kind of data points, right? 
whether it's all three of those things or whether it's one or two of those things. Right now, I'm doing pictures and my body weight every morning. Pictures I take weekly. So, started at 2,400 calories. At a certain point, I wasn't losing any more fat or weight. So it's like, okay, now at that point, let's go from 2,400 to 2,200 calories. And then you milk 2,200 calories for as long as you can. And then you go down to maybe 2,000. And dropping calories is just one aspect of, it's just one way to do it, right? There are two ways you can go about losing body fat or continuing that progress if you're trying to cut. You can drop your calories or you can increase activity. It's always going to come down to personal preference. Me personally, I would rather eat less than do like standard cardio. For me, that's boring. I'm not into that. I would rather eat less. But for some people, you might prefer to do more activity versus eating less. Right? So that's how to set macros for a diet. As I, as I said, protein and total calories are like the main factors. Let the fats and the carbohydrates fall where they may. And I could go into it, but I think there's a lot of information out there. You guys can look up how to calculate macros, um, the basics of macronutrients. Google that. You'll find, you'll find what you're looking for. And if you don't, hit me up. Let me know what kind of questions you have. Um, in terms of how to plan a refeed day, another great question from Alex. Thanks, Alex. How to plan a refeed day. Actually, you know what? Shout outs to Alex. He's been killing it in the gym, killing it on the trap bar. Hit some sick-ass box drums this week as well. So big shout outs. Loving, love to see the gains. So how do you plan a refeed day? So a refeed day for me, my coach basically included one day out of the week where I can eat a little more. Not a cheat day, but he included plus 100 grams of carbs from my normal carbohydrate intake. So basically a refeed day I think is great for people who are very active or people who lift very heavy like Alex Alex um, is super active. He rides his bicycle a lot. And I know on the weekend, he does a super long bike ride. And Alex is trying to cut as well. So if someone's super active or if someone just like needs that fuel, a refeed day is awesome for that. If someone's like, if someone only trains twice a week or even three times a week, it's like, okay, you don't need a refeed day. You're not that active. So basically, I think the point of the refeed day is to, as I said earlier, restore some of those glycogen stores. Because when you're in a deficit, like, it's hard to um, exert. Like, you're, you're not as fueled up as if you're eating in a surplus, right? So in terms of how to plan a refeed day, Usually, I think the general recommendation, again, I'm pretty new to all this, but the general recommendation is the either the day before your training or the day of your very hard training day. 
So whether you want to fuel up before the training day or after the training day to recover. So I think that about that just about covers it. I thought I would go longer, but I'm glad I didn't. I didn't want to make it too long. I hope you guys took away some solid pieces of information about nutrition. Again, if you guys have any questions about any of this, please just hit me up. Instagram at Theodore.Lim. I always link it in the show notes so you guys can just click on it. Check me out. My website is www.theodorelim.ca. Also, you can email me, theolim7 at gmail.com. And as always, really appreciate you guys listening. Really appreciate all the reviews you guys have left. Like if you guys, if you guys are enjoying the show, if you're getting some, some good stuff out of this, please leave a review. That's super helpful for a small time podcaster like myself. And before I go, just want to share a couple more things that I've got going on. Um, I just signed up for this awesome course by this company. They're called Business for Unicorns. If you guys run your own business or if you're interested in running your own business, check them out. Business for Unicorns. I'll link it. Businessforunicorns.com. They have an awesome podcast as well, Business for Unicorns. Anyway, I'm taking a business startup boot camp, 10 essential lessons for building a thriving business. As you guys know, I'm always trying to build my business. I'm always working on it. I think I mentioned that I'm getting my garage together so that I can train my clients out of there. So really, I'm just trying to um, align kind of exactly what it is. Get a good blueprint for building my business because I'm an idea kind of guy. And sometimes I just, a lot of the time, I just need that direction to be like, okay, this is what I need to do. These are the steps I need to take. And this is how we're going to get there. So for me, I'm taking this course, working through it right now. It's an online course. I hope to join them in some in-person uh, courses, maybe later on this year or maybe next year. But I'm super excited about this business for unicorns, really trying to really working on setting up my own business on the online side, but especially in the in-person side. So with that being said, if you guys are in Toronto, you guys are looking to train together or work together in any kind of way, again, I'm going to leave all my contact info down below. If you guys know anyone in Toronto who your friends, your family, who could use some help with any of this stuff, you know, I'm your guy. And then in terms of the online realm, if you guys aren't in Toronto, but you want to work together in any kind of way, hit me up. So again, with that being said, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it so much. If you guys have any feedback, please let me know. And if you guys want to hear about the, uh, the psychedelics, please let me know. Until next time, peace.